Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. I live in Southern California, Los Angeles. This is Baja Norte. If you do not speak Spanish in Los Angeles, well, you're missing out on a whole lot. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a very limited time, LeVar Burton Rees listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off, visit rosettastone.com slash LeVar. That's rosettastone.com slash L-E-V-A-R. LeVar Burton Reads is supported by Audible. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a better you, whether you want to feel healthier, get motivated, or learn something new. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more, Audible has all of the audio content you need to start your year on the right foot. And speaking of learning and growing, I am going to suggest that you check out Carl Sagan's classic book about science and civilization, Cosmos, narrated by... Well, me. It was a great honor to be a part of this audiobook, and you can find it on Audible. Whether it's on your phone, or through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, you can get through tons of books while doing almost anything. And Audible even lets you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Start a 30-day trial and get your first audiobook for free, go to audible.com slash LeVar or text LeVar to 500-500. That's audible.com slash LeVar or text L-E-V-A-R to 500-500 for a 30-day trial and free first audiobook. You can do it with audiobooks. Hey, y'all. I am busting out of the studio and taking this show on the road. Are you ready for LeVar Burton Reads Live? I'm doing live tapings of the show this spring. I'll read a local author's story, we'll have an amazing musician play a live score, and I'll sit down with the author afterwards for some conversation. Plus, there'll be meet and greets as well. Come on out or send a friend who lives in one of these cities. I'll be in Los Angeles on April 26th at the beautiful and historic theater at the Ace Hotel. San Francisco on April 29th at the Palace of Fine Arts. I'm in Portland, Oregon on May 4th at Revolution Hall and Seattle on May 6th at the Neptune Theater. We had a great time in Chicago at the Fourth Presbyterian Church for the very first stop on this tour. You can find those ticket links at lavarburtonpodcast.com slash tour. That's lavarburtonpodcast.com slash tour. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and this is LeVar Burton Reads. In every episode, I handpick a different piece of short fiction and read it to you. And the only thing these stories have in common is that I love them, and I hope you will too. 
Well, today's story is A Fable with Slips of White Paper Spilling from the Pockets. And it's written by Kevin Brockmeyer from his collection, The View from the Seventh Layer, published by Vintage Books. Now, Kevin has won several awards, O'Henry Awards, a Guggenheim Fellowship, an NEA grant. What I love about his writing is that it combines elements of literary fiction, science fiction, and some fantasy as well. Kevin's writing is plain, not overwrought, and deceptively so. He uses simple words. Words, he says, trail a thousand centuries of stories behind them, arriving in a great dust cloud of possibilities. Pretty cool, huh? So, if you're ready, let's take a deep breath. A Fable with Slips of White Paper Spilling from the Pockets by Kevin Brockmeyer. Once there was a man who happened to buy God's overcoat. He was rummaging through a thrift store when he found it hanging on a rack by the fire exit, nestled between a birch-colored fisherman's sweater and a cotton blazer with a suede patch on one of the elbows. Though the sleeves were a bit too long for him and one of the buttons was cracked, the coat fit him well across the chest and shoulders, lending him a regal look that brought a pleased yet diffident smile to his face. So the man took it to the register and paid for it. He was walking home when he discovered a slip of paper in one of the pockets. An old receipt, he thought, or maybe a to-do list forgotten by the coat's previous owner. But when he took it out, he found a curious note typed across the front. Please help me figure out what to do about Albert. The man wondered who had written the note and whether, in fact, that person had figured out what to do about Albert. But not, it must be said, for very long. After he got home, he folded the slip of paper into quarters and dropped it in the ceramic dish where he kept his breath mints and his car keys. It might never have crossed his mind again had his fingers not fallen upon two more slips of paper in the coat's pocket while he was riding the elevator up to his office the next morning. One read, Don't let my nerves get the better of me this afternoon. And the other, I'm asking you with all humility to keep that boy away from my daughter. The man shut himself in his office and went through the coat pocket by pocket. It had five compartments altogether, two front flap pockets, each of which lay over an angled hand warmer pocket with the fleece almost completely worn away, as well as a small inside pocket above the left breast. He rooted through them one by one until he was sure they were completely empty, 
uncovering seven more slips of paper. The messages typed across the front of the slips all seemed to be wishes or requests of one sort or another. Please let my mom know I love her. I'll never touch another cigarette as long as I live if you just make the lump go away. Give me back the joy I used to know. There was a tone of quiet intimacy to the notes, a starkness, an open-hearted pleading that seemed familiar to the man from somewhere. Prayers, he realized. That's what they were. Prayers. But where on earth did they come from? He was lining them up along the edge of his desk when Isley, from technical support, rapped on the door to remind him about the ten o'clock meeting. Half an hour of coffee and spreadsheet displays, he said. Should be relatively painless. And he winked, firing an imaginary pistol at his head. As soon as Isley left, the man felt the prickle of an obscure instinct and checked the pockets of his coat again. He found a slip of paper reading, The only thing I'm asking is that you give my Cindy another few years. Cindy was Isley's cat, familiar to everyone in the office from his Christmas cards and his online photo diary. A simple coincidence? Somehow, he didn't think so. For the rest of the day, the man kept the coat close at hand, draping it over his arm when he was inside and wearing it buttoned to the collar when he was out. By the time he locked his office for the night, he believed he had come to understand how it worked. The coat was, or seemed to be, a repository for prayers. Not unerringly, but often enough, when the man passed somebody on the street or stepped into a crowded room, he would tuck his hands into the coat's pockets and feel the thin, flexed form of a slip of paper brushing his fingers. He took a meeting with one of the interns from the marketing division and afterward discovered a note that read, Please, oh please, keep me from embarrassing myself. He grazed the arm of a man who was muttering obscenities, his feet planted flat on the sidewalk, and a few seconds later found a note that read, Why do you do it? Why can't you stop torturing me? That afternoon, on his way out, he was standing by the bank of elevators next to the waiting room when he came upon yet another prayer. All I want, just this once, is for somebody to tell me how pretty I look today. He glanced around. The only person he could see was Jenna, the receptionist, who was sitting behind the front desk with her purse in her lap and her fingers covering her lips. He stepped up to her and said, by the way, that new girl from supplies was right. Right? About what? I heard her talking about you in the break room. She was saying how pretty you look today. She was right. That's a beautiful dress you're wearing. The brightness in her face was like the reflection of the sun in a pool of water. You could toss a stone in 
and watch it fracture into a thousand pieces, throwing off sparks as it gathered itself back together. So, that was one prayer, and the man could answer it, but what was he to do with all the others? In the weeks that followed, he found thousands upon thousands more. Prayers for comfort and prayers for wealth, prayers for love and prayers for good fortune. It seemed that at any one time, half the people in the city were likely to be praying. Some of them were praying for things he could understand, even if he could not provide them. Like the waitress who wanted some graceful way to back out of her wedding, or the UPS driver who asked for a single night of unbroken sleep. While some were praying for things he could not even understand. Let the voice choose lunch this time. Either Amy Sasson or Amy Goodale. Nothing less than 30%. He walked past a ring of elementary school students playing Duck, Duck, Goose and collected a dozen notes reading... Pick me, pick me. Along with one that read, I wish you would kill Matthew Brantman. He went to a one-man show at the Repertory Theater, sitting directly next to the stage, and afterward found a handful of notes that contained nothing but the lines the actor had spoken. He made the mistake of wearing the coat to a baseball game and had to leave at the top of the second inning when slips of white paper began spilling from his pockets like confetti. Soon the man realized that he was able to detect the pressure of an incoming prayer before it even arrived. The space around him would take on a certain elasticity, as though thousands of tiny sinews were being summoned up out of the emptiness and drawn tight, and he would know, suddenly and without question, that someone was offering his yearning up to the air. It was like the invisible resistance he remembered feeling when he tried to bring the common poles of two magnets together. The sensation was unmistakable. And it seemed that the stronger the force of the prayer, the greater the distance it was able to travel. There were prayers that he received only when he skimmed directly up against another person, but there were others that had the power to find him even when he was walking alone through the empty soccer field in the middle of the park, his footsteps setting little riffles of birds into motion. He wondered whether the prayers were something he had always subconsciously felt, he and everyone else in the world, stirring around between their bodies like invisible eddies, but which none of them had ever had the acuity to recognize for what they were, or whether he was able to perceive them only because he had happened to find the overcoat in the thrift store. He just didn't know. LeVar Burton Reads is supported by Audible. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a better you, whether you want to feel healthier, get motivated, or 
learn something new. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more, Audible has all of the audio content you need to start your year on the right foot. And why not try expanding your mind with Carl Sagan's Cosmos? It was the thrill of a lifetime to have lent my voice to this project, and I really cannot recommend it highly enough. It is Carl's love poem about the universe and our place in it to humanity. Whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, you can get through tons of books while doing almost anything. And Audible even lets you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash LeVar or text LeVar to 500-500. That's audible.com slash LeVar or text L-E-V-A-R to 500-500 for a 30-day trial and your first free audiobook. You can do it with audiobooks. If you're a fan of LeVar Burton Reads, you probably enjoy myths, legends, and folklore. Let me tell you about a new podcast I've discovered called Tales. In every episode of Tales, they present an original fairy tale, not the popular watered-down versions you're accustomed to hearing. You think you know the story, but do you really? The host will present a real fairy tale and its lore, stories much different than the ones you heard as a child, then combine analysis with captivating campfire-style storytelling. Every story will take you through the dark twists and turns. You can check out episodes on Beauty and the Beast now, and with a new episode coming out every other Saturday, you can expect episodes on Bluebeard, Little Red Riding Hood, and many more coming up. Visit Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and search for Tales. That's T-A-L-E-S. Or visit Parcast.com slash Tales to start listening now. That's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com slash Tales to begin your listening pleasure. Now, let's get back to our story. At first, when the man had realized what the coat could do, he had indulged in the kind of fantasies that used to fill his daydreams as a child. He would turn himself into the benevolent stranger, answering people's wishes without ever revealing himself to them. Or he would use the pockets to read people's fortunes somehow. He hadn't yet figured out the details. Or he would be the mysterious, slightly menacing figure, who would take people by the shoulder, lock gazes with them, and say, I can tell what you've been thinking. But it was not long before he gave up on those ideas. There were so many prayers. There was so much longing in the world. And in the face of it all, he began to feel helpless. One night, The man had a dream that he was walking by a hotel swimming pool, beneath a sky the same lambent blue as the water, when he recognized God spread out like a convalescent in one of the hotel's deck chairs. You, the man said, what are you doing here? I have your coat. Don't you want it back? God set his magazine down on his lap. 
folding one of the corners over, and shook his head. It's yours now. They're all yours now. I don't want the responsibility anymore. But don't you understand? The man said to him, We need you down here. How could you just abandon us? And God answered, I came to understand the limitations of my character. It was shortly after two in the morning when the man woke up. In the moonlight, he could see the laundry hamper, the clay bowl, and the dozens of cardboard boxes that covered the floor of his bedroom, all of them filled with slips of white paper he could not bear to throw away. The next day, he decided to place an ad in the classified pages. Purchased at thrift store one overcoat, sable brown with chestnut buttons. Pockets worn, possibly of sentimental value. Wish to return to original owner. He allowed the ad to run for a full two weeks, going so far as to pin copies of it to the bulletin boards of several nearby churches. But he did not receive an answer. Nor, it must be said, had he honestly expected to. The coat belonged to him now. It had changed him into someone he had never expected to be. He found it hard to imagine turning back to the life he used to know, a life in which he saw people everywhere he went, in which he looked into their faces and even spoke to them, but was only able to guess at what lay in their souls. One Saturday, he took a train to the city's pedestrian mall. It was a mild day, the first gleam of spring after a long and frigid winter. And though he did not really need the coat, he had grown so used to wearing it that he put it on without a second thought. The pedestrian mall was not far from the airport, and as he arrived, he watched a low plane passing overhead, dipping through the lee waves above the river. A handful of notes appeared in his pockets. Please don't let us fall. Please keep us from going down. Let this one be the one that makes the pain go away. The shops, restaurants, and street cafes along the pavement were quiet at first, but as the afternoon took hold, more and more people arrived. The man was walking down a set of steps toward the center of the square when he discovered a prayer that read, Let someone speak to me this time. Anyone. Anyone at all. Or else... The prayer was a powerful one, as taut as a steel cord in the air. It appeared to be coming from the woman sitting on the edge of the dry fountain, her feet raking two straight lines in the leaves. The man sat down beside her and asked, Or else what? She did not seem surprised to hear him raise the question. Or else, she said quietly. He could tell by the soreness in her voice that she was about to cry. Or else... 
he took her by the hand. Come on, why don't I buy you some coffee? He led her to the coffee house, hanging his coat over the back of a chair and listening to her talk. And before long, he had little question what the or else was. She seemed so disconsolate, so terribly isolated. He insisted she spend the rest of the afternoon with him. He took her to see the wooden boxes that were on display at a small art gallery, and then the Victorian lamps in the front room of an antique store. A movie was playing at the Bargain Theater, a comedy, and he bought a pair of tickets for it. And after it was finished, the two of them settled down to dinner at a Chinese restaurant. Finally, they picked up a bag of freshly roasted pecans from a pushcart down by the river. By then, the sun was falling and the woman seemed in better spirits. He made her promise to call him the next time she needed someone to talk to. I will, she said, tucking her chin into the collar of her shirt like a little girl. Though he wanted to believe her, he wondered as he rode the train home if he would ever hear from her again. It was the next morning before he realized his overcoat was missing. He went to the lost and found counter at the train station and when he was told that no one had turned it in, traveled back to the pedestrian mall to retrace his steps. He remembered draping the coat over his chair at the coffee house, but none of the baristas there had seen it, nor had the manager of the movie theater nor had the owner of the art gallery. The man searched for it in every shop along the square, but without success. That evening, as he unlocked the door of his house, he knew that the coat had fallen out of his hands for good. It was already plain to him how much he was going to miss it. It had brought him little ease, that was true, but it had made his life incomparably richer, and he was not sure what he was going to do without it. We are, none of us, so delicate as we think, though, and over the next few days, as a dozen new accounts came across his desk at work, the sharpness of his loss faded. He no longer experienced the compulsion to hunt through his pockets all the time. He stopped feeling as though he had made some terrible mistake. Eventually, he was left with only a small ache in the back of his mind, no larger than a pebble, and a lingering sensitivity to the currents of hope and longing that flowed through the air. And at Pang Lin's Chinese restaurant, a new sign 
soon appeared in the window. Custom fortune cookies made nightly and on the premises. The diners at the restaurant found the fortune cookies brittle and tasteless, but the messages inside were unlike any they had ever seen. And before long, they developed a reputation for their peculiarity and their singular wisdom. Crack open one of the cookies at Pang Lin's, it was said, and you never knew what fortune you might find inside. Please let the test be canceled. Thy will be done, but I could really use a woman right about now. Why would you do something like this to me? Why? Oh, make me happy. <laughs> so I I really wanted to do a fable uh, this this season, and uh, this this is this is this is a good one, you know. It, it doesn't get much better than finding one of God's garments and being granted the power of answering prayers. Um, and like all good fables, the complexity of actually carrying out that that power, how we always wish we could be God, but given the opportunity, it's not, uh, it's not as easy as it stacked up to be. You know, our, our hero follows absolutely what I imagine the journey of God to be. Those boxes in his room full of white steps of paper, those are... Those, they represent to me all of the prayers that God just can't or won't answer. And that's just real, you know? I guess that that's the nature of faith. And for me, where prayer fits into it, because faith is really about believing in the absence of proof, believing anyway, Right? And prayer is a, an intercession, nary measure on our part, a reaching out to God for something, for a favor, really. <laughs> when, when you get right down to it, you know? And so if you, if you believe in, in any sort of, of, of deity, if you believe in, in, in a presence that is divine and and does have influence in this realm, that prayer becomes a way to connect, yes, but it really it's 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 about what about my needs? Could you please address my sad, sore condition in this realm? I have come to um to have a different relationship with prayer than the relationship that I had when I was a younger person, when I was, a, when I, certainly when I was a, you know, when I was a Catholic, when I was a seminarian, I think my, my relationship to prayer these days is, is much different uh, in, in the fact that I, I see 
prayer um, as an activity in which I must participate in in order to complete the cycle, to complete the circuit of so you ask, so you shall be given. As you ask, so you shall be given, that it really requires my active participation, that my life is a prayer, that, you know, that, that, that giving money to charity or, 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 you know, a buck to somebody that's homeless, uh, you know, on the freeway off ramp or, or, or any of those acts that, um, that remind us of the value of being human and walking through the world with an open and compassionate heart in spite of the um, difficulty that that, that that is sometimes, that that's as much a part of the act of praying as sitting and asking for something, that, that prayer is, in fact, an active verb. Our producer on this episode of LeVar Burton Reads is Julia Smith. Our assistant producer is Audrey Gno. Editing and sound design by the very talented Adam Dybert. And as always, thank you to the deceptively simple Matt Gorley. And thank you to Eric Jorgensen for his help in producing today's episode. And my great thanks to author Kevin Brockmeyer for allowing me to share his story. Today. You can find it in his short story collection, The View from the Seventh Layer, published by Vintage Books. He's written memoir, novels, and short stories aplenty. Just look for Kevin Brockmeyer wherever you get your books. And hey, if you love the show and want to help other people find it, it's easy to do. Leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. And in that review, tell us a story that you would like to hear me read. We'll be back next week with another hand-picked story. Or if you can't wait that long, listen to the next episode right now on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash LeVar. Or if you're listening in Stitcher, just tap the menu button in your app and select Premium for one month free. LeVar Burton Reads is a production of Stitcher. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelette. I'm LeVar Burton, and you can find me on Twitter at LeVar Burton and LeVar.Burton on Instagram. I'll see you next time, but you don't have to take my word for it. Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. 
Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.